All right, let me tell you about keeps. You want to keep your hair. I mean, look at the hair I have. For 71 years old, it's, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I was like 57, mm. <laughs> it's, it's still pretty good, though. You get the hair. You're not yeah. having that issue. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't had that issue since I was in my 30s because I started losing my hair and I started taking, you know, Propecia at the time. Now I get the generic brand and it's mm-hmm. a lot cheaper. And that's exactly what Keeps does for you. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. If you go there now, you don't have to go to a doctor. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. They do all of it online. You take some pictures of your head. A doctor looks at it, decides which is the right um, uh, prescription for you, talks to you, sends you a prescription. They fill it out for you at Keeps and you save 50% off your first order for the hair loss treatments. That's keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save, keeps dot com slash save. Buckle up. Another spooky show. The spooky dude makes an appearance. Blah, blah, blah. So the Biden administration has has now signed 52 executive orders in 20 days, 52. And he wants us to unite because he's just getting rid of bad laws and putting good things in. That's almost a damn quote. Um, Okay, all right, sure. So let's look at some of those things. And before we go anywhere, I need to tell you what's happening in the banking community and build off of what I said yesterday with the International Monetary Fund and to tell you why I am not breathlessly covering the impeachment trial like everybody else. We do that in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So John lives in Kansas for the past several years following an injury. He suffered from daily awful back pain. He found it was pretty hard to do much of anything that he used to do, and it was getting him down. I mean, I, I was um, uh, remodeling a house. Oh, gosh. Must have been 30, 32 years old, something like that. And I fell out of a second story window. And I am. I, I remember laying on the ground. I couldn't move. But I remember laying on the ground thinking, I'm surprised I'm not dead. And uh, I couldn't walk for a long time. I mean, I had to, my kids were coming home and I had to drag myself by my hands on the ground off the driveway and into the kitchen where I thought it'd be better for them to find me on the kitchen floor than on the driveway. Uh, I don't know if it was any better, but it, it screwed up my back and I've had a bad back ever since. I know what John was going through. He decided to give uh, Relief Factor a try. He heard me talking about the relief that I have received. And he said within 10 days, he was noticing a reduction in pain. And after a few weeks, he said he felt better than he even did before the injury. He got his life back. This is this is a, a inflammatory uh, reducer. It, it reduces all the inflammation in the body. And yeah, I mean, I've even been on ibuprofen 800. I know I'm a heavy drug user. 
I've been on ibuprofen 800. Didn't touch me. This works. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. You'll know within the first three weeks. Relief factor. It's not a drug, but developed by doctors to get you out of pain. 1995 to try it for three weeks. Do it. See if it changes your pain. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com or call 800-583-84. Relieffactor.com. 800-583-84. Tonight on Glenn TV. And the question is, how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump? Blacklists, purges, investigations and arrests. Is this the new Red Scare? Unless we make sure that there is no infiltration, you will see a red world. Glenn exposes the dangers and next steps of this anti-conservative movement. Are you on the list? Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Hello, America. I pray that my voice is heard for what I'm trying to say uh, and not what people want to hear on either side. Um, it is really important that you pay attention to the news. And a lot of, I know a lot of people in my own life that are not paying attention to the news and they've been really tired. And I'm going to tell you a story a little later on about how Facebook has decided now they're not going to cover as much political stuff. Oh, really? So when we're talking about 52 executive orders, you don't want to talk about political stuff. It's going to be harder to pay attention and things are going to get more and more complex and it's going to be harder to understand what's going on because it is so foreign to us. Tonight, I am covering um, this this activity now that is is I think the new McCarthy era. Axios did a story yesterday how to deprogram America's extremists. The writer has called for keeping extremists out of the institutions where they could do the greatest damage, like the military, police departments and legislatures and providing help for those who have embraced dangerous ideologies. You notice they don't put those in schools. It's the police departments, the military and legislature, but they don't even mention EDU. And I think that's because they know no one with a dangerous ideology i.e. conservative point of view, is in EDU or ever going to get through EDU. Now, it is unclear as to who will determine what is dangerous ideology and what, you know, will constitute such a defining term, but that's where big tech comes in. The article continues to say, online platforms are unwavering in their commitment to root out conspiracy theories and lies that undermine the faith in democracy. <laughs> Axios spoke to experts on this. Uh-huh. The article says banning President Trump from Twitter was a major asset in the fight to slow or reverse radicalization. The Axios article calls for a Marshall Plan, which would be implemented throughout Facebook and Twitter through censorship it claims the united states requires quoting an all-out national effort to dismantle all ideas that supposedly undermine faith in democracy 
it seems the writer of the newsletter uh, doesn't understand uh, the word democracy, or maybe they do, and they don't understand that we're a republic. Democracy is not failing us. The republic system is a republic. You can't have a democracy. You can't. Do do you want to vote on the banking rules that came out yesterday? Did you even know banking rules were coming out yesterday? There's too much for the average citizen. And that's why democracies always go to an authoritarian or a dictatorship, because they just they overwhelm the people. The people say, I don't know. He looks good. He can handle this. And you have democracy votes by the public voting in dictatorships. So there's a democracy until there's not. That's why we have a republic. But what is failing us now is our republic. Do you believe on either side, Republicans or Democrats, that your elected Congress people really, truly are reflecting what you and people in the country actually believe? Are they carrying out the things that you believe are right and righteous for this country? Term limits. How about they can't all get rich on insider trading? Do, do you, are they carrying these things out? Do you think it's cool that we're just printing money and nobody's doing anything? How about this? Do you think it's cool that we haven't had a budget for this nation, the largest, richest nation in the history of the world, that we don't even have a budget and haven't had one since 2008? The republic is failing us because we are not demanding that they actually do their work. Big tech now is the arbiter of truth. And I'm not sure what dangerous ideology is anymore as it is being defined by those in power. The idea of a conservative and a conspiracy theorist That line is being blurred. The New York Times just last year started to refer to me. It used to say a known, a well-known conspiracy theorist or an alleged conspiracy theorist. Now it's just Glenn Beck, comma, conspiracy theorist. I told you yesterday that the IMF had an academic paper out. And they are suggesting now that non-financial data should be used when financial institutions discern, uh, determine customers credit worthiness for loans, various kinds by non-financial data. That means things like the type of browser and hardware that you use to access the Internet, the history. I'm quoting the history of online searches and purchases. So what kind of computer and phone I have? And the past purchases and what I'm reading, what websites I'm going to. I want to just read, go over. We went over this yesterday, but I want to go over it because there's new news. The most transformative information uh, innovation is the increase of the new types of data coming from the digital footprint of customers, various online activities, mainly for credit worthiness analysis. 
credit scoring using so-called hard information, income, employment, time, assets, and debts, is nothing new. Typically, the more data is available, the more accurate is the assessment. But this method has two problems. First, hard information tends to be pro-cyclical. It boosts credit expansions in good times, but exacerbates contraction during downturns. The second most complex problem is a certain kinds of people, like new entrepreneurs, innovators, many informal workers, might not have enough hard data available. As well as even a well-paid expatriate moving to the United States can be caught in the conundrum of not getting a credit card for lack of credit. Fintech, financial tech, resolves the dilemma by tapping various non-financial data, the type of browser hardware used, yada, yada, yada. This, of course, is a financial social credit system. We have been warning about this for years. This is one of the most dangerous parts of what is being called the Great Reset. And this is just the beginning. In the same article from the IMF later, the same authors then say the central banks need to get more directly involved in economic activity. And that more money printing in downturns is likely going to be necessary. The environment, I'm quoting from the article, the environment for monetary policy will change too. new monetary policy transmission channels will be need to be fully understood as the new players make banks less relevant for the financial system. Central banks may need to adjust their monetary policy implementation toolbox, potentially allowing non-bank access to liquidity lines and incorporating them in their operations. Okay, so that's what I told you about yesterday. Do you remember when uh, Cuomo told the banks in New York, you can give loans to gun manufacturers, but if you do, there's just going to be more regulations on you guys. And we're going to have to have more state inspectors because we just think there's something wrong with these gun manufacturers and gun stores. We think, you know, that there's some violation of some law. Uh, So, you know, we're not telling you not to loan. We're just saying that it's going to make your, you know, state assessments every year. It's going to be more and more difficult for you because we just don't trust the people who are dealing in guns. Oh, okay. So what did the banks do? Banks started saying, you know what? We're not going to we're not going to we can't carry your loan anymore. Well, Donald Trump, through the what's called the OCC, the office of the comptroller of the currency, he wrote in, in that office, that banks cannot discriminate. They cannot say, we're not going to make a business loan to guns. You can't do it for, for ideological or political reasons. Well, people have been watching this back and forth because the OCC changed hands. And people have been saying, I don't think this is going to stand. I think they're going to take this out. Well, they made their decision yesterday. I will read from the OCC, the Office of Currency Comptroller, and the new rule on banks, on what they can and cannot do to individuals and to service industries in 60 seconds. That might be too sexy. 
a tease. You think so? I will read from the office of the comptroller of the currency in 60 seconds. It is really (laughs) sexy. Yeah, that's Hall of Fame stuff right there. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you about uh, timeshare termination team right now. If you have a timeshare, it's hanging around your neck, choking the life out of you. There is a legal and affordable way to get completely out of that thing. It's called timeshare termination team, and they can give you 100% guaranteed exit strategy for getting out of that time timeshare. No more maintenance fees, no more hassle, no more disappointment, no more pain in a butt. Get the process started right now. Call Timeshare Termination Team and get the process started. Don't keep putting it off and get stuck with another year of Timeshare that you're not going to use. You're going to get 20% off when you terminate your Timeshare if you tell them that I sent you. So make sure you tell them that. You'll get 20% off. Call 888-GET-YOU-OUT. That's 888-GET-YOU-OUT. Or visit them online at TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. Have the peace of mind with Timeshare Termination Team's 100% money-back exit guarantee. Learn more at TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Oh, yeah, it is. Ooh, yes. Oh, talk to me about the OCC. Mm. <laughs> Oh, say comptroller again. Say it. All right. <laughs> they released yesterday the finalized rule to ensure fair access to banking services provided by large national banks, federal savings associations, and federal branches and agencies of foreign bank organizations. Now, I've read a lot about this this morning, and it seems to be in direct conflict. Some say, who I respect, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, and others whom I respect say, uh, this is really bad. So if, if you're in the banking industry, if you can help figure this one out, I'd sure like to hear it. Uh, I'm going to be doing more research on it today and I'll get back to you tomorrow, but you need to know the rule codifies. Now listen to this, cause this is from the OCC. So this is what they're saying. This is the government speaking. The rule codifies more than a decade of OCC guidance stating that banks should conduct risk assessment of individual customers rather than make broad based decisions affecting whole categories or classes of customers when provisioning access to services, capital and credit. Now, all of these rules were put in, you have to understand, in 2008 or nine uh, with uh, the uh, the Dodd Frank bills. Okay, what did the Dodd Frank bills do? Basically, no matter what they said, they were to protect the banks, the banks that were too big to fail. So you guys have to do certain things. You can't take on risks because you're too big to fail. So there were all rule. All these rules were put there to protect the banks in many ways from themselves. Okay, When a large bank decides, I'm quoting When a large bank decides to cut off access to charities or even embassies serving dangerous parts of the world or companies conducting legal business in the United States that support local jobs and the national economy, they need to show their work and legitimate business reasons for doing so. Okay, that's good. Show your work. As comptrollers and staff in previous administrations have made clear, In speeches, guidance, and testimonies, banks should not terminate its services to entire categories of customers without conducting individual risk assessments. Okay, so they can't just say no loans to gun manufacturers. They have to say it individually and make the case with each 
individual, right? All right. It is inconsistent with the basic principles of prudent risk management to make decisions based solely on a categorical assertion of risk without uh, without uh, actual analysis. Okay, so all of this is good. Now, let me tell you what the actual ruling was yesterday, and I'm reading from the document. In finalizing the rule, the agency considered more than 35,000 stakeholder comments. Red flag, anyone? As a result, the final rule excludes Section 55.1B3 of the proposed rule, which would have required that a covered bank cannot deny any person a financial service that the bank offers when the effect of the denial is to prevent, limit, or otherwise disadvantage the person from entering or competing in a market or business segment. So in other words, the rule was that they can't do it. They can't say, I don't want Glenn Beck in the media, so we're not going to give him any money. Or because the bank had a loan in some other business activity which they have a financial interest. So they're part of uh, Facebook and I want to open up Parler. They can't, they can't do that. Okay. They can't say no Parler. You can't have any money because we have money in Facebook. But I want to go back to the first part of that sentence. The final rule excludes that. The agency determined that the requirement would have resulted in regulatory burdens without contributing to the primary objective of the rule. So now the Biden administration says we're trying to cut down on the red tape. There'd be too many burdens on the banks. Based on that analysis, the agency eliminated that requirement to focus on the rule of fairness. Another key word of the covered bank's decision-making process and prudent risk management principles, as well to facilitate the OCC's administration of this rule. Uh, okay, what if the bank says, you know what, if we, if we go into business and give Exxon all these loans, we're in trouble because of the cancel culture. They're gonna start canceling us as a bank. <laughs> we can't afford that. Help me out here. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You see the conundrum here that we're in, Stu? And I don't know an answer yet. Mm. Ah, Welcome to Andrew Cuomo's restaurant, where your Valentine's dinner comes with a smile (laughs) and a cough. (laughs) We're getting clever around here, calling it uh, a dead and breakfast. Huh? That's where I'm sending my mom to a dead and breakfast. <laughs> you still love birds can share a table with some friends of mine from Wuhan. Uh, nothing happened in Wuhan. <laughs> now, if that doesn't sound appealing to you, may I suggest a romantic restaurant style dinner at home with one of the best steaks known to man from Omaha Steaks. This is America's butcher for over a hundred years, and they have great packages like the butcher's uh, bestsellers grill pack. They have Valentine's Day packages as well. It's really good. And all the way to the dessert. So, man, you just pop it in the oven. You put some steaks on the grill and you look like a genius. Go to uh, OmahaSteaks.com in the search bar. 
use the keyword Beck and you'll find all the specials. It's omahasteaks.com keyword Beck. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV right now. Blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck program. So Jeep took a swing in the uh, Super Bowl ads. Did you see the ad, the two-minute ad from Jeep with Bruce Springsteen? Oh, this is the uh, Bruce Springsteen Unity commercial. Yes, mm. yes. Seems an odd messenger. Uh, such it things. does. Yeah, it does. Now listen to this. In the uh, in the poll by Ad Week on social media on Super Bowl Sunday. They found Instagram, 50% of respondents say they love the ad, 50% hated it. Twitter, 33% loved it, 33% hated it, 33% said, nah. So unity, that message depends on your POV politically. So that means that when we were saying unity... And we should all come together. It went on deaf ears because no one in the media, no one on the left, nobody in the Democratic Party wanted to hear it. They didn't want to hear it. Now, when uh, they're calling for unity, we don't want to hear it. And why? Because we have nothing in common anymore. What do we have in common? Research will show that we don't even buy the same packaged food anymore. We don't we can go to the grocery store and now algorithms can tell if you are a conservative or a liberal based on the products you buy in the same grocery store. What's up with that? How is that possible? We are so different fundamentally now. See, America used to be a melting pot. But what did, we, what did we melt into? We melted into a society that said, I don't care what you do, man. I don't care. Just don't tell me what to do. We didn't even have marriage license. We didn't have a marriage license until the progressives. The progressives wanted to make sure that we weren't breeding defectives. And that we weren't having... Uh, interracial marriages. So the progressives put in the marriage license to control the population. And so instead of having the argument that there should be no marriage license that comes from the state, the state has no place deciding that. We instead decided to have a religious argument, which we wouldn't we wouldn't have done that when it came to the government before. Remember, our founders went from courtroom to courtroom to courtroom after the Revolutionary War to defend people's right to not have to believe what the rest of the community believed. We were a melting pot of people that came here because we've been screwed by governments elsewhere and we saw this as a place, hey, man, they'll leave you alone. They'll let you do your own thing. Well, we don't. I mean, look at 
You can't build a house the way you want to build a house. You can't do the things you want to do. Do you know that Houston is the only major city without any kind of, of zoning? Every large city has been convinced by progressives that you have to have zoning. Otherwise, they're going to build a McDonald's in your neighborhood. And I mean right next to your house. Well, you know what? It doesn't happen in Houston. Why? Because people figure it out. People, people at McDonald's say, you know, this is a really nice neighborhood. They're not going to want one here. It'll be more convenient if it's over here and I'll do better business. But now everything is controlled. And yet we're still, and this is disappearing quickly. I'll tell you about what France just said. This is disappearing quickly, but we still are one of the best in the world. But that's gone. Unless we can come back together and say, look, you live your life. I'll live my life. And we'll get along. We're fine. I'm not going to force you to believe something, force you to do something. Like, I don't really care if there are Marxists here. I really don't. I don't care if they're people that believe in critical race theory. I don't. I would never shut them down publishing a book. They have a right to do it. And if they can make the case. But see, here's the problem. I'm no longer being allowed to make the case on the other side. Educational institutions will not allow me to go in and teach if I were qualified, and I believe I am, to teach against progressivism or whatever. I'm canceled. And so it's a one-way street. And so it has become unify under these ideas or get out. Well, in America, we, we unify on these ideas that we hold self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that governments are instituted among men to protect those rights. That's what we used to agree on. We used to agree on the Bill of Rights. You can't come into my house and just take stuff. You can't come in and search my papers. You can't do that. You can't, you can't uh, uh, deny me work because of my color, my creed. You can't do it. Well, now we can. And the people who are doing that and reversing those laws are calling for unity. Well, I call for unity as well. There needs to be unity in our land. But it cannot be blind or senseless or irresponsible unity. It's not a unity for the sake of unity. And unity can only be built on sound principles. Morally, constitutionally, historically. We can't have unity on slavery it's not moral. It's not constitutional. And historically, we see what it leads to. No, I won't unify under that. Now, that's an obvious one. But all of our Bill of Rights, our Declaration of Independence, 
Those things were self-evident. And we're in trouble because America knows, the average person knows, that our way of life is being threatened right now. Both sides. But they blame it on each other. The blame needs to be placed squarely where it belongs. The lack of unifying principles. Our way of life is being threatened. you damn right it is. France just came out and said that the misguided, woke culture coming from America is a threat to the Western society. France. What do you say we unite on what you've always said we should unite on? Be more like France. Anyone who tries to equate the love of constitutional principles and they want to equate that to mean hatred of our national leaders, you are engaging in massive deception. It's not hate. It's attempts to do the people in Washington a favor. It's well-meaning citizens. There are bad-meaning citizens, but they're in the minority on both sides. There is a a ton of well-meaning citizens who want and wanted to prevent our government from making serious constitutional, moral, and historic mistakes. So the opposition that we have based on those things is rooted in love and respect, not hate. Speaking out against immoral, unjust actions, things that violate the things that we've always believed and unified on. Speaking out against those things always been tough. Nobody wanted to hear Moses. All of the apostles were killed, stoned to death, crucified, persecuted. Some of them burned alive. Why? Because no one wants to hear the truth when it really matters. But our guts tell us the truth. And those who are watchmen on the towers, and that would be you, you are required to speak up. I'm sorry, I can't be silent. I can't be. God told Moses, proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all inhabitants thereof. That's what it says on our Liberty Bell. It's from Leviticus. Proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all inhabitants thereof. Why? Because truth, decency, kindness, charity, responsibility, accountability, The only way any of those things can happen is when people are unified on freedom. 
All right, American Financing, if you've worked hard to get where you are today, and I'm assuming that you have, unless, Hunter, is that you? Um, Then you almost certainly know the value of a dollar, and if you're like me, you hate to spend more on something than you really need to, and probably also love the feeling that comes with saving money. If you're a homeowner and you're paying 3 4 5% interest, you are way overpaying, way overpaying. If you are paying... 15% for your credit cards? What are you doing? Roll that into your mortgage without resetting the loan. You will save hundreds of dollars every single month. American Financing, 800-906-2440. Call them now, American Financing, at 800-906-2440. If you've been listening the last couple of days, you know it's going to get harder and harder for you to get a loan. Do it now. 800-906-2440. Americanfinancing.net. American Financing. NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. We are... Uh, We are not covering the impeachment breathlessly like everyone else. We covered it yesterday. We'll cover it again today. Talk to you and tell you what's happening. But I'm not going to spend hours and hours talking about, A, news that you can get elsewhere, um, and B, something that I believe is really important, but a distraction for me. I need to stay focused on uh, the net that is being laid out all around America. It is a net of the Great Reset. It is a uh, it is a, a net of these um, crazy executive orders. Fifty two executive orders in twenty days, um, and this is all really well planned. And like I I read to you today, you know, in changing the banking. Uh, lobbies, uh, uh, the banking policies from the office of the comptroller of the currency here in America. That's an official government office. Um, they changed the policy and a couple of words stuck out. Fairness and stakeholders. The this these are the words of the Great Reset. And uh, that is extraordinarily dangerous. Also. I gave you an Axios article uh, today that is, again, truly frightening. How do we deprogram American extremists? Well, what they're talking about are Trump supporters, and they are talking about uh, the uh, a key part of breaking extremists, rising mainstream influence will be making it unacceptable for white nationalists, anti-government extremists and conspiracy theorists to serve in the military police forces uh, or law as lawmakers. But experts worry the GOP tactic and sometimes explicit approval of extremists will hamper efforts to keep police forces and legislatures free of conspiracy theorists. Yes, a purely uh, punitive, security-minded approach alone is likely to prove ineffective and invasive at best, experts say. At worst, it will only fuel extremist sense of persecution and push them closer to violence. Instead, experts agree serious resources must be mustered toward providing an off-ramp for people who have been drawn into extremist ideologies. 
New federal programs would likely doom to fail, experts say, because of this is so important. Remember, I told you about the trust implosion because distrust and hatred of the government is already a core tenant of far right extremism. Instead, public private partnerships developing programs are more likely to be effective because they're able to get the endorsement and funding from federal and state governments, but it's private industry doing it. That is the definition of the Great Reset. And there's a whole article on the IMF saying that they need the public, the private institutions to go into the business with the government to be able to legitimize the government because people around the world don't trust their governments. I need to stay focused on this. We will give you the information on the impeachment, and it is really important. Mike Lee is going to come on and talk a little bit about that uh, later on in the program, as well as some other things. But I have to stay focused on the bigger picture. This is the Glenn Beck Program.